0: I would be so hesitant to walk in a room or speak up because I was crippled with fear that I wasn't good enough. Now, succumbing to that emotion wouldn't have helped me. Not speaking up, just saying, you know, like succumbing to the insecurity wouldn't have gotten me to where I am now. So I had to kind of process it. It's like, what is what are things you need to do right now in order for you to show up, going back to who do you wanna be? Okay, well, right now, even though I don't want to speak up, I must speak up. Get ready for brilliant people, brilliant ideas, and a regular good time. This is Brilliant Thoughts with Success People editor, Tristan Almada. The show that thinks about how personalities, relationships, and communication shape business success.
1: And now here he is, Tristan Almada. This next guest might be your favorite guest to date on Brilliant Thoughts. Her name is Elisa Bilieu, and she's exactly the kind of person that I'd like to have on the show because she's energetic, thoughtful, and a lot of fun to talk to. She and her husband, Tom, founded the company Quest Nutrition, which you may have heard of. They recently sold for a billion dollars. Now, they built on that success by starting a new production company called Impact Theory. And through that, Lisa hosts her own show called Women of Impact. By the way, check that out. There, she talks about accomplishing goals, finding confidence, and succeeding in relationships. Also, check her out on Instagram. But here we go. Welcome back to Brilliant Thoughts, a success podcast. I'm your host, Tristan, and today I've got Lisa Bilieu, and, I mean, she doesn't need an intro, so here we go, Lisa. Welcome to the show.
0: What up? How's it going? I see a big Superman symbol behind you, and so we're we're already dry, driving right here with our superhero stuff. <laughs> I know
1: it's so good. The first thing I notice is your background. I see Wonder Woman, and I see a lot of amazing superhero content. I'm I'm digging this. This is so cool. <laughs> <laughs> this, Thank you. This is already going to be awesome. All right. So, I'm going to I'm going to start off a little different this time because because of our superhero background here. I interviewed Jason Harris uh, a couple of weeks ago and he he and his company do all of the the marketing for Amazon, Peloton and all these amazing companies, but he said, "Hey, Tristan, who's who's your favorite superhero?" So, I'm going to ask you That question, and then I'm gonna ask the question after that, which got me. So here we go. Who's your favorite superhero?
0: (sighs) I'm gonna go with myself.
1: Ooh, I like that.
0: (laughs) Here's the thing, I practice, I don't practice saying it out loud, but I practice it in my head because for so long I've felt um, not good enough. I didn't feel worthy, you know, definitely had a very negative mindset about who I was and what my worth was and what my value was. And as I started to really dig into what do I want out of life, a big thing was I was just waiting for my husband to make me feel a certain way. I was waiting for him to make me feel happy, to make me feel sexy, to make me feel good, to make me feel entertained. And the truth was he was on on his own entrepreneurial journey. So here I was waiting for him to make me feel a certain way. And the poor man is just trying to struggle to get his own stuff together. So (laughs) once I started to realize that actually was it was a detriment to our relationship and to my own self-esteem that I was waiting for someone else to come and save me. I literally flipped the script on me and I said, okay, well, what would it look like if you're you're here to save yourself? And that's where I switched my mindset and I changed my perspective. And now my show, Women of Impact, why I end every episode with be the hero of your own life. Because I think for so long, I was waiting to be saved And I didn't actually get saved until I realized I was my own hero. So I repeat that in my head every day, especially when it doesn't feel true, when I'm feeling weak, when I'm feeling very negative, when I'm feeling down, it doesn't feel true. So just like, you know, um, Karate Kid, wax on, wax off, you know, you just got to keep practicing over and over again. That's what I do with telling myself that I'm my own hero. So when you asked me, the answer kind of came without me even hesitating.
1: I love that. I mean, I'm going to ask you a separate question then att- attached to that. As you, as you're your own superhero, who do you aspire to be? Like, what's your future self look like that continually pulls you forward?
0: Yeah, I love this question. So I really kind of go to... Instead of choosing like one person, what qualities do I really admire? And then Mm -hmm. what qualities do I want? And then every day, am I showing up to cultivate those qualities? Because I don't think it happens overnight, right? Even if you say, you know what, I'm going to be a nicer person. Let's just say like, keep it easy. You don't wake up and all of a sudden you're nicer. It takes time and effort and energy and repetitiveness in order to be that. So every time I'm in a tough situation or let's say someone's hurt my feelings or someone's been, malicious even say malicious to me um, to make it really extreme. In those mm-hmm. moments where the natural inkling is to lash back in those moments, I just ask myself, who do I want to be? Mm. And when I ask myself that, it then allows me to say, okay, if I want to be a kind person, then a kind person wouldn't react in this way. And so it helps me on a daily basis, almost Um, keep growing and keep cultivating the person I want to be but it's not really one specific person it's more just an evolution and the reason why is I don't know if you've ever met anyone that's like I'm gonna lose weight and I'm gonna lose a hundred pounds and they're so adamant they're so great they're so um, disciplined to lose that hundred pounds and then as soon as they've lost it what do they do they go and celebrate with cake and then all the bad habits now come back because they've reached their goal so now I go well it doesn't At least just seeing the people around me having a clear goal that you cross actually I don't think serves people. So I go, okay, well, what can I do in order to get better every day but not feel like I'm there, like I've reached the finish line? And I think that that's important. Like, I don't want to reach a finish line. Like, I just don't. I kind of want to grow. I want to improve. I want to um, get better every day. So I just haven't set that finish line for me. It's what are the skills? What is the type of person? Do I show up every day? Yes or no? And then how do I improve? So it's like, if I slip up and one day I don't, it's like, okay, okay the great news is I don't have to beat myself up. I just can go, Lisa, you slipped today. Great. So what am I going to do tomorrow that I'm going to be better at? You know, we, we so beat ourselves up on, am I perfect? Did I do this? Yes or no. And so it's was like, yes, I did it, but I totally, f- you know, flunked it, but great. What did you learn? Now I get up the next day and do that. Um, but yeah, I've definitely found a finish line doesn't help. And I f- have found that just having one person also doesn't help because there's not going to be anyone like you. It's like the reason why, think of yourself as like your microbiome. There's no like two microbiomes alike. Mm-hmm. Bet- depending on your genetics depending on whether you what you've eaten your entire life like there's no two microbiomes the same so now why don't we see ourselves as the same there's no two people the same so identifying one person saying i want to be just like that i almost feel like you're setting yourself up for disaster because you're mm-hmm. never going to be that and rightly so you are your unique version of yourself And by the way, everything I'm saying now, I have come to this conclusion because I couldn't get over my own negative mindset that just kept feeling badly for myself. So I was like, instead of trying to ignore it, how do I bring it in? How do I use it? How do I change its perspective and um, use it as a way for me to get better? So going back to what you're saying, if I idolize someone or a trait that I really wanna do and I can't get there or I slip up, I don't feel badly about myself because I've told myself, I'm the person that gets better. I'm the person that's growing into being somebody, not that person that um, already says I'm that.
1: Well, I, I love your answer, by the way. So help me with the understanding of being aware at the moment to be able to do that. Is this something that that you've done towards the end of the day where you start reflecting back? How did you get so good at stopping and saying, hold on just a second? I'm doing that and becoming aware of it. How did you get there?
0: Yeah, it's, it's been years. It really has. It's been in the mindset, um, you know, kind of category. Obviously my husband has his own show that I, you know, produce. And so being in the audience, if you will, day in mm-hmm. and day out, and then seeing how it works for other people. So seeing that a growth mindset really does, has improved other people's lives. And so I was like, okay, what does a growth mindset look like? And how do I act in accordance? And really I've just learned to over time, not expect that tomorrow I'm going to be perfect. Um, it's, it's a, it's literally a stepping stone. And so even if you think to yourself, I want to run a marathon, you don't just wake up put on your sneakers and then run the marathon, right? You go, well, I have to learn how to work, uh, to to stretch. I have to learn nutrition. I have to learn, you know, pacing and temperature and body, you know, composition and... So, it it isn't just put on your trainers and run. So, when I think about how I show up, how I want to be better every day, I just don't go straight to, well, I'm just going to be better. It's like, no, no, it's like running a marathon. What are the small things over time do I need to get better at? And then see this as a lifelong endeavor, not as a, okay, by the end of the month, I need to be perfect. And once I let go of wanting to be perfect, thinking that was going to be the answer, it allowed me to start taking steps forward. And that's the key. The key is to take steps forward, even if you end up taking steps back. Um, And so I was just always not taking that first step because I was so worried about failing. And so kind of going to how did I get this good? It just became I looked at my own ego and wouldn't let it get in the way. Right, like I realized my ego. Everyone wants to feel good about themselves. So a lot of us, especially me, who didn't feel good about herself, would listen to the ego. Right, we'd listen to all the things of like, well, don't do that because what if people makes make fun of you? Well, don't do that because what if you fail? And I realized that that was detrimental to my future. So I ended up going, okay, well, even though I feel it, I do it anyway. And that's really the difference. A lot of people are like, oh my god, you so confident, but the truth is. I still feel the same way I used to, but I've just learned to a, um, use it as a superpower. If you want to go to, you know, superhero traits, it's like, okay, if I can see that as a superpower, now I can get better. Now I can really lean into it instead of spending so much time and energy trying to diminish the, you know, the negative thoughts or the negativity that I had about myself. And so women do that. I find that, um, so women get in that negative mindset about how they feel about themselves and their own value that I just had to break that cycle. Um, and so it's just an ongoing practice. It's the, one of my favorite quotes. And I know that I brought up, um, a karate kid, but because I love the notion of, um, just like moving your body as a metaphor for the mind. So Bruce Mm -hmm. Lee, he says, Don't think kick, just kick. And that's where you get so good. You repeat it so quickly that he doesn't think kick anymore. He just (laughs) kicks. So you want to know about how I get to the point is I just go, Lisa, you're still thinking kick. I need to get to the point where I'm just kicking. And so every day, that's what I'm working towards. I go from, oh my God, I would spend two days feeling badly about myself, letting a negative voice come in, letting it hold me back to the point where now in real time, I can say, how do I want to respond to this based on the person I want to be? But even now I'm going to tell you, I mess up. So that's even the key. Even if you've been doing it for four or five years, give yourself the grace. And I say that a lot. Give yourself the grace to say, even though I've been practicing this mindset stuff for four years, I failed. I just failed at it. Cool. Cool. What can I learn? You know, never going to, oh, my God, you should be there by now. And I can keep going. but (laughs) I mean,
1: I I already have a whole bunch of questions. So thank you for that. I like that. Here's my first question to you. And this is towards the latter part of what you were talking about. What what would you consider to be your your best superpower? Because you're, you're at a level that most people dream of being mentally right Mm. and it's a challenge like you said it's a step-by-step process that takes years to build up on Uh, what right now would you consider to be hey this is my superpower and i'm working to refine that even more what is that
0: um getting back up because i think that at least for me and I can't speak for other people but for me anytime I try something new I fumble through it I don't freaking know what I'm doing (laughs) and so like when we started Quest we didn't know anything about protein bars when we started Impact it was like sure I had a degree in filmmaking but that was like 15 years prior so film changes I didn't know anything about YouTube so it just becomes a um you know um I couldn't let not knowing stop me because I realized I wouldn't get started. So I said, how do I reframe this in my head so that I keep getting started and I keep trying? And I was like, all right, I can pride myself in being the person that gets back up. Because what happens then when I fail, I don't, I obviously do feel the emotional dent, but I don't even focus on it. I go, oh, cool. This is a chance to get back up. And so I just focus on how do I get back up? And every day it is a physical focus and a mental focus of not only to how do I get back up, but come back even stronger, come back wiser, come back with a, you know, new uh, chip on my belt or whatever they call it. Um, mm-hmm. So that's a big thing for me. And then just how do I get up quicker? So sometimes it takes me longer than others to, you know, get back on the saddle or really come back, you know, with full energy. Um I, okay. So I like yeah. that.
1: I'm going to pause you there because Please. now I have a question because most of the people listening in are solopreneurs, entrepreneurs. And one of the biggest challenges for most of these people that are building businesses, starting startups or, or wherever they're at is this place of being comfortable with the uncomfortable. And mm-hmm. what you just described about falling and getting back up Your ability to adapt to what's next Mm -hmm. is so powerful that it keeps you going. And Mm -hmm. that's a place where, like you said, when you were starting these these two companies, like you had no idea what the heck you were doing. (laughs) (laughs) But the ability to change so quickly, right? That's powerful. How do you remain calm, as calm as you can be, and... Adapt so quickly so that you keep moving forward. How do you do that?
0: um Well, so there's a few things actually that you just said there. Number one, get comfortable in the uncomfortable. I'm still not comfortable. So I actually just want to address that. I found that trying to get comfortable in the uncomfortable and I wasn't able to ever get comfortable, I started to feel badly about myself. Mm -hmm. So I'm like, okay, Lisa, how do you, again, how do I reframe this so that it just works for me? And it's like, no, no, you can stay uncomfortable, but now you have to work to get out of it. So it's kind of like, that's where I've found the emotional comfort or not even the emotional comfort, the emotional um, drive to keep going because it's like, I actually don't find it comfortable. And it's in the fact that I don't find it comfortable, I push myself to get out of it um true. so everything comes to framing that's it you know that's the real thing and then the truth is i was terrible at school like i'm not very good academic at all and so i don't think of myself as being like honestly anything special and the truth is is what makes people some people successful and some people aren't i don't think it has to do with just intellect i don't think it has to do with you know um what education you have I think it has to do with your belief system and I think it has to do with what what is your dream and how far are you willing to go for it you know it's it's tough and there are tough times where I do feel terrible about myself I'm in a room especially when we first started being in a room with Tom and his business partners they'd all been in the business for you know 10 to 15 years and here I was who had been a housewife for eight years you know I came into quest just helping that was the initial like I'm gonna help my husband with his quest protein bar and his business partners so I'd been a housewife for eight years I walk into the room and I feel totally terrible about myself I have no idea what they're talking about and in those moments like literally no idea they're talking about p I didn't even know what PL was I'm like I'm sorry what and so in those moments I I just said to myself, everyone has to start from square one. And the best analogy I like is imagine I turned around to you and I said to you, oh my God, I don't have kids, but I'm pregnant. Would you say to me, but hang on a minute, you don't have to know how to be a parent. No, you'd be like, "Oh, you'll figure it out." So we don't have that same mentality when it comes to a business. It's like if you're about to start a business and you don't know, it's like why not give that person the same grace that they would with a child that they'll figure it out if they want it bad enough. And that's really the thing is that you have to want it bad enough, and then you just have to embrace what you don't know. You don't know. So. I found being in those meetings extremely detrimental to my self-esteem. I was literally like, Lisa, you bozo. You're in a room full of people and you have no idea what they're talking about. And I felt badly about myself. And then I said, okay, you have a choice. You can keep coming into this room feeling bad about yourself. You can stop coming into this room. Or you can admit that they've got 15 years on you and now you can start putting your head down and learning instead of focusing on the emotion that you feel badly about yourself. And so I said, great, what can I learn? Instead of letting your emotions lead, how can I use this to be the superpower, to be my super, the superhero? And so I just decided, great, whenever I don't understand something, I'm gonna put my hand up. And so from that moment on, when I'm in this room, I'm like, I'm sorry, I don't understand. I'm sorry, what was that? Or I would write notes. And I would go home and I would just Google stuff. Okay, what does this mean? Someone said this. What does this mean? And then (laughs) you just just figure it out because I realized I had the choice. I had the choice to learn, to get better. That was on me. That wasn't on anyone else. And I had the choice to back out. I had the choice to listen to my ego. I had the choice to say, no, no. I want to feel good about myself every day. And that's my prerogative. And that's what I want people at home to also think. They have the right to say, you know what? I want to feel good about myself all the time. And so I've chosen not to try this. Fine. But when in 10 years, in 20 years, you blink and you say, well, why aren't I over here? At least you can say I made the decision with my eyes open. And for me, I never wanted that regret. So I would rather be uncomfortable. I would rather not know what I'm doing and learn than to blink. And in 10 years, wish I was somewhere, but I didn't put the energy into getting there.
1: I love that answer. Thank you. All right. So you mentioned you don't let your emotions lead. And in the world that we live in, that's the total opposite, right? Mm -mm. How how do you get there? How can people practice this? Because this would solve so many of our current issues And, and obviously our past issues. Look at our history how do we get there lisa because it's a it's a truly one of the biggest challenges we face
0: yeah it is really tough and i think this all started when we were at quest so our house was put on the line and we cut our salary in half. So my husband went from one business to another. We were, you know, I was went back to collecting coupons. Okay, we're putting the house on the line all for quests. If this succeeds, then great. If it doesn't, we lose our house. But we committed to doing that. And in doing that, over time, as I was helping and as I described, I was in these meetings with these very high-level entrepreneurs. I didn't know what I was doing. Over time, I started to realize, you know what? Learning wasn't the most difficult for me in the sense of if you don't know something, you could Google it. If you're not sure, you can ask around. All of that, I actually found like, okay, I can learn. I can keep opening books but I don't know how to deal with my emotions. The emotions that's preventing me from walking into the room. The emotion that is preventing me from having the confidence to stick up for myself in this situation when it came to, you know, shipping products. It like all of that was the emotion. That was the thing that I actually found the hardest not the actual act of building the company itself. And that was something I had to address because all the business books like Lean In, which I love, and, you know, like a lot of books that I've read, it didn't address the emotion. It only addressed the actual act of being in business. And so then, as you know, and maybe this is what you're referring to, a lot of people, which I, I'm kind of, it's it's a complicated issue, but a lot of people now are just like, embrace your emotions, like don't hide your emotions, you should be you. And while I agree to an extent, it did become where I would be so hesitant to walk in a room or speak up because I was crippled with fear that I wasn't good enough. Now, succumbing to that emotion wouldn't have helped me. Not speaking up, just saying, you know, like succumbing to the insecurity wouldn't have gotten me to where I am now. So yeah. I had to kind of process it. It's like, what is, what are things you need to do right now in order for you to show up? Going back to who do you want to be? Okay, well, right now, even though I don't want to speak up, I must speak up. And so it's the it was the emotional confidence that really hit me hard. That was a thing. And like the small things, like saying no to your friends of going to Starbucks because right now all your money's going into your business or going to Starbucks and bringing your own coffee. I actually did that. And the embarrassment, like the shame, that was freaking harder than figuring out how to figure out something with the business. Is all your friends are going to Starbucks, they're paying, you know, three or four bucks, and you literally walk in with your filtered coffee from home. How do you emotionally self soothe through that? That's the stuff that would have stopped me from where getting to where I am now. I went to England, my cousin was getting married. I put on a five year old dress that I'd worn to so many other occasions because we, every penny went into quest and I show up on the wedding day in the same dress and someone turned around to me. It was my sister, God bless her. But she turned around to me just as a joke and was like, Oh God, you're wearing that dress again. Now as a woman in a wedding, she didn't mean it, but I broke. I literally, it crushed me two bits to the point where I was in tears and I called Tom up and I'm like, what the hell are we doing? And that's when he's like, all right, babe, well, if you want a new dress, we'll get you a new dress. But do you want that over the business succeeding? And I was like, no, I don't. Fine, I'll wear the damn dress. Right, but like, I, And I, I want to really hammer this home that it wasn't the business itself. It was the only emotional things I was going through during the business that would have held me back. The insecurities, the ego, the fragileness, the wanting to feel good, the not wanting to feel less than your friends, not wanting to be embarrassed around your friends. You know, your friends are literally, they're going to expensive restaurants and you're looking on the menu to see what the cheapest thing is. That becomes embarrassing. And that is really true to, I think, what can hold a lot of people back is that we hold on to a lifestyle that we think, oh my God, what what am I going to be without this? And that was really hard, really hard for me. So when I go to basically emotions, I just was like, oh, oh, it's my emotions that's going to hold me back. It's not the fact of whether I know something or not. At least you can learn it. Like again, going back to the belief system, right? We can believe that we can learn anything if we set our mind to it. I really do believe that if I quit my job, If I never had kids, if I literally just ignored my husband, do I think I could learn the piano within five years and be damn good? Yes. I can't play a note. But if I I believe in myself that I believe that I could if I wanted to. So believing in myself that I can and then saying, okay, well, what is the thing that really gets in your way? It's the emotions. Okay, Lisa, you must be, you must learn to manage your emotions and control them so that they don't steer you away from what you actually want in life. And I, so... That was really kind of how I did it. And it takes a long time. And even now, like there are many times that I'll, you know, just get Im- not even emotional, but I get frustrated. And, you know, I'll be like, wow, you didn't handle that very well. And how would I do it differently? And what do I say next time? And it's always a reassess, 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 reassess.
1: So with that, do, do you have any type of routine, anything that you go to, on a consistent basis that allows you to remain aware of of these issues and that you know we we are emotional beings but how we respond to every challenge along the way is is what makes us is there anything that you consistently go to and to keep that in check
0: um yeah so i have my morning routine that is very important to me i work how i lift very heavy weights um i i that is me, just my body, my mind connecting. It is me against the weights. I don't watch other videos to try and keep up with the instructor. Like it is literally that. And that really does start my mind very strong. <clears throat> um, so there's that. And then my diet, what I eat, my nutrition is so important to me, how long I sleep. Like all of these things really set my day up. And I find that I'm way quicker at snappiness if I'm tired, if I haven't eaten, if I haven't, you know, eat, eaten well, if I eat junk food because I've had some health issues. Um, a few years back, I decided that I was going to biohack and just figure it all out myself. So I wore um, a continuous glucose monitor. I wore an aura ring so I could see how short I, or how long I was sleeping. I made a correlation between my hormones, my sleep cycle and how I was feeling and how, <clears throat> excuse me, and how long I would sleep. I, I did it all myself. Cause I'm like, okay, doctors just want to give you a pill. I don't feel great. I'm tired all the time. Mm-hmm. I have massive gut issues. And so going back to what do I know? Oh, I know that taking ownership over myself and my actions has been the best. Thing that's ever served me so instead of listening to doctors i decided i was going to take ownership so i started to figure out where my blood sugar level is on average how i react to certain foods how that happens, how i sleep when i eat certain things and so going to how do i keep my emotions in check it's making sure all of these things are always aligned and it is a continuous continuous effort you know it's not like oh you figure it out for a month no no for the last five years i make sure that I eat, eat right, that I, you know, sleep well. Um, because everything stems from how I respond, like my emotions will all stem from that. So making sure, you know, that you're regulating all your nutrition and everything is going to be so important. And how do you do that? I think, look, there's books and there's, you know, people that you can listen to even myself, but the truth is your body is unique. So what works for you? Identify what works for you. Um, and then, so like food and exercise and things like that. Then in the actual, so go ahead.
1: No, oh, that was me. that was good. I was gonna I was gonna say that you're reminding me of what we interviewed Jim Quick recently, mm-hmm. and he him. said, "Hey, Tristan, we're, we're all chemical beings. You know, we respond we respond to chemicals." And I'm like, "That's true, man." And you're saying practically the same thing, but we never pay attention to that aspect of our body, that it's connected to, how we respond,
0: Mm -hmm. right?
1: So where do we start with that? If we like general, general population here, when we're targeting solopreneurs, entrepreneurs there, Mm -hmm. they're so busy with just like everything happening there. I feel like they're everywhere. And the last thing they're thinking about in startups is their health, right? What they eat, how they take, where do they start?
0: I mean, and here's the thing. This is exactly why my health plummeted because at Quest, I went all in. I ignored myself. I ignored my body. I wasn't watching what I was eating. I was working day, you know, day in, day out, weekends, holidays. I mean, you know, we all know the drill. And that was exactly how I got as sick as I did. So, the biggest thing I can say, and it, it held me back after that. So really, it's like okay, you know, we all kind of understand car analogies. It's like you know when your your gas is on um, on empty, and you're like, but I could just if I just get to this destination I'll make it and then I'll fill up but what ends up happening is when you're running that low I don't know much about cars right but your engine starts to like heat up and you know it just doesn't start to function well because nothing's running properly it's really like that with our bodies like yeah you can keep going but I didn't even assess I was like oh no 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 four hours sleep that's all I need right because like well, who, who has time for eight hours that's another four hours but now you think about if you' if you sleep four hours and that four hours that you think you're gaining actually just just slowed you down because you're so freaking tired so how much productivity are you getting done in a day um and so for anyone starting I would just say make a list when are you tired like get to know yourself. Like go on a date with yourself, get to know yourself. And this is exact, I did a food diary for about six months. And because I had massive health issues, yeah, I had really bad health issues. um, I had to do a food diary because all doctors were trying to fix me by giving me medication or trying to operate on me. And finally it was just like, well, hang on a minute. You know, what do I know about health? What can I learn? And then how much do I want to prioritize it? That becomes, you know, you really only have time for one priority in your life. Um, and so it really becomes, you know, what is your priority and in what, what order and, every you know couple of months or whatever you may shuffle that priority but you know if your business really is the most important thing the thing it's hard to say no no just work a nine to five take care of yourself and your business will thrive like it's hard to give that advice because then there's someone else that is working the 18 hours a day that is worth willing to put in the hours so you have to at least for me i know when to put on the brakes so while a lot of people like balance i am not the person to seek balance like i don't seek balance I I go hard and then I go oh okay you're feeling tired now let's back off a bit let's give yourself a little grace and now let's freaking go hard again let's back off a bit let's give yourself some grace now go hard again wait it's like but that's how I function and that's how I end up personally doing better than either just doing a 9 to 5 or going all in and so that becomes a knowing when to switch off and knowing when you're on knowing when you're does, working does Tom function the same way No, my husband is a cyborg and he can literally work, I mean, 19 hours a day and he's fine. And that was actually a big thing as being his business partner, that he can work that hard and I can't was also something going back to the emotion was something I had to get over because I started to feel bad about myself. We're 50, 50 partners. So I was like, "Oh, you're not pulling your end of the bargain. And it's like, no, no, Lisa, remember comparison will destroy you. Like I just know myself, comparing myself to him will destroy me. I have a weaker body than he is, whether I want to or not. Don't judge yourself, just accept that you do, that my body can't handle what he can and know that when I am working the hours that I'm working, I'm gonna get it, give it my all. So, you know, if I'm working 14 hours, I'm gonna freaking crush those 14 hours. But if I'm off, I'm gonna tell him I'm off. Please don't come and talk to me about work you know, and really being okay with that. Setting the boundary for myself was really hard because I was like, whoa, whoa, you know, we're 50-50. I've got to hold up my end. Mm. And it's just like, it doesn't, it doesn't work like that.
1: I I think it's, let's dig deeper on comparison because that is a massive challenge Mm. for anybody starting their own business. And and just people in general because of social media, right? It just puts mm-hmm. the best of what people have in your face. <laughs> and and a lot of people can't cope with that. How is it that, that you transition to cope with it better so that people listening in can say, I oh, got it, I, I, I'm getting this, right? How can we do that when we're faced with comparison?
0: Yeah, I mean, <clears throat> everything keeps coming back to it. every time I went to do something, it was... Oh, it's holding you back. Oh, comparison's holding you back. All right. Does this serve your goal? No. Okay. So how do I change? Like it's, it, I know it seems that simple, but that's how I have to almost word it in my head. It's like, okay, you want to achieve this. Does the comparison right now serve you from achieving this? Yes or no? If it does, like if a comparison drives you to push harder, to do better, Obviously, if it becomes detrimental to your health and your self-esteem, you've got to be careful. But if it drives you, like there are some people who's like, oh, they're not going to beat me. I'm going to get better. And it's like, great. <laughs> like if that motivates you to push to get better, like who am I to judge you, right? It's like yeah. whatever drives you to improve for yourself. The second you're trying to do it to like spite someone or something else, okay, that's a whole different game. But if it's like, you know, like I'll watch Oprah sometimes and I'll be like, God, God. And that woman is good. Like no matter how you (laughs) shake it or bake it, she's freaking amazing. And so I'll look at her and go, yeah, I'm not that good. But I don't mind comparing myself because I'm like, but she's the freaking best. So how do I get better? Like the comparison gets me energized, right? And so it really comes to does what you're doing, whether it's a comparison or whatever, serve your goal, push you to do and be better. Or does it keep you exactly where you are because you're so freaking afraid to try because you're comparing yourself, all right? Now you can identify the comparison isn't serving you. So now you say, it's not serving me, so I either need to flip the way I see it or I have to stop comparing myself. So that means stop following them, stop engaging with anything that that person does in order for you to get your mind right. But honestly, like if it used to, break me down when i would compare myself break it used to make me feel so badly about myself you know i would make i was jealous but then there's envy the envy where you can look at someone with admiration and now that is is over time over years i've worked on myself that now i feel utter envy with people but i freaking love it because i love what they stand for and i love what they're doing and it just drives me to be better um, So that's really where I get the comparison because in social media, it's very easy to blanket statement something, right? Stop comparing. Don't do this. Do this. You know, be yourself. Be fully sensitive. And it's like, well, you know, some things have like little nuances to them. So that's where I come in, where at least for myself, I'm like, it's not actually true. Like this, there is some nuance to it. But if I just believe comparison is absolutely robbing me of all my joy, like where do I go with that? But reframing it, now I can reframe it to empower me.
1: And that's a growth mindset right there, right? So that's exactly it. Mm -hmm. I wanna pivot over to Quest a little bit because you, you created this amazing company and you were talking about all the possible limitations that that you faced, fear, right? A lot of these were emotional. At one point when you were about to to grow this to a massive, massive amounts of growth, were you like, you know what? I think we're almost there. Was there ever a point in that where you knew you had something and you just needed to push a little bit more? Or was it always just uncertainty? Because- I find that solopreneurs and entrepreneurs feel that, but Hmm. they don't know where it is exactly. And I want to know what you think.
0: So there was a point where you're like, this isn't normal growth, is it? You know, like, (laughs) like I was so caught up in, and look, one thing to also say to anyone, listen, guys. Quest wasn't our first company. Me and my husband, we started a domain company, a website design company, a photography company. You know, so all of these things... we pivoted many, many times. It was like, okay, this wasn't what we thought it was, or we don't enjoy it anymore. You know, there were many reasons why we just kept pivoting. So when it came to Quest, you know, it was another thing that we were trying. um, And Tom had his business partners. And so for me, because I didn't really understand the business world, and I just was jumping in just like, oh, I'll just help out, not realizing we would grow at 57,000%. And that's when it was like, (laughs) So I was just honestly, dude, every single day, I was just struggling to stay above water. Like while Tom and his business partners were off doing their thing, I was in the ship. So I started shipping bars for my living room floor my husband comes home and he's like, babe, do you mind just helping out? You know, like we've put up a house for collateral. We may lose the house. So any help you can give us. And I was, you know, uh, being Greek Orthodox and being, you know, the belief system of being a good Greek wife. I was like, of course I'll help you, babe. What do you need me to do? And they're like, we just need you to ship bars from the living room floor. That's it. But then we went from shipping bars to me figuring out and then grown at 57,000%. Within two years, you blink and I had, you know, 40 employees underneath me, 10,000 square foot of, you know, um, facility learning imports, exports, you know, international import. It was just insane, like ingredients, regulations.
1: How did you maintain that growth? How did you know to keep on hiring and continue to grow instead of do the opposite, which most companies do? It's like, I can't grow fast enough and they stop it. How did you... And your husband keep growing and it, balance that. It,
0: it didn't really even dawn on us to stop. Like it was just like keep going. Like the balls were creating great value. Where right? we were seeing the um, the 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 results on just. So for me, I just thought it was like a great bar for people to lose weight. And then over time, we started seeing all these different communities coming out. So like the anorexia community thanking us for, you know, introducing calories back to them. Right? Like your face, your expression. Yeah, that's how I felt. I was like, I didn't see this coming. I didn't see, I literally thought it was going to be a weight loss bar. And Tom and his business partners thought the same. But once we started to see, and my husband under, understood marketing, this was back before really Facebook were kind of using that as a marketing tool. So we mm-hmm. were just telling people stories and people that were eating the bar and um, their stories. And so it wasn't about our product, it was about the, the customer. And that was really... It was kind of, you know, marketing back then wasn't really done like that. And so mm-hmm. we were just growing so much. We were hearing all these just incredible stories about a mother, her, you know, her young son was born with type one diabetes. And so she, for the four years that he was, you know, was four years old, she kept having to take treats away from him, you know, in front of mm-hmm. in school birthday parties. And she was just like, thank you for making me feel like a better mum because my son can eat your bars. And it was like, oh, my God. Wow. So you go from just trying to struggle to figure out how the hell I ship five bars from my living room floor to 20 boxes from a warehouse, right? Like it all becomes just the stepping stone to your why. And I never really understood that having a why was important until we started to grow the company. And mm. so it never dawned on at least me to stop. I was just to be honest, I was so like just trying to catch up with how fast the company was growing. It didn't give me that myself the luxury to even slow down. Mm -hmm. Um, and then it just became a, like we were really helping people. Like we were, it became a cultural product, which I didn't see coming. And, um, You know, even Mm. in those situations where it's like, I could have quit, I could have stopped, I could have gone like, okay, you know, you guys have got it now, I'm gonna go back to being a stay-at-home wife. But the truth is I started to feel good about myself. I started to go, wow, look at all the things I'm capable of and then look at all the result of me working hard, the result of me figuring out this import tax thing has just got bars in to israel right and now i'm helping this jewish woman who's just emailed us thanking us for sending product over there because she's never felt better about herself right like it's it's that type of thing that was like oh we were gonna slow down or oh i was worried that my ego was gonna get in the way because i was about to say i can't figure that out and then every time you say you can't you're like okay are you really gonna stop at this Oh, uh, you, you can stop at this, Lisa, but then that kid at home that is, you know, type one diabetic isn't going to get his bar. Are you okay with that? That that, that lady who's in the, you know, the um, anorexic ward in an ER, you know, e, e, no, emergency unit because she's about, she's so frail, she can't stand up. Are you going to tell her you can't get the bar to her because you're so worried about your own ego? Like, that's how I would talk to myself, to push myself to get better. And I can't even remember your question now. I'm sorry, I kind of derailed, but...
1: You, you answered it. That was good. That was good. Well, look, you also <laughs> brought up why, the, the, finding the why. Mm. And you mentioned that, that as you were shifting this company, the focus of the company, you discovered the why. Can you get into that a little bit more? Because I think some people may struggle to find a why until they're actually in the middle of it. And they're like, mm. oh, right. So can you dig into how you process that?
0: Yeah. So I processed my wife during the, the the growth of it again, because, yeah, I had walked in saying I was just going to be a supportive wife and then realized that I actually loved what I was doing. But it was freaking hard. And so as I was doing it more and more and, you know, there's those days as every entrepreneur, sol- entrepreneur knows there are days that you love and the days that you hate. And in fact, one of the best quotes that I heard, I think it was Nastia Lucan, who is an Olympic um, gymnast. And my husband was interviewing her. And this hit me like a ton of bricks. She was like a gold medalist. I mean, just amazing. And as a kid, she would turn around and she was like, look, there were days that I was loving it and days that I was amazing and days that really sucked. And the days that really sucked, I would cry and moan and, you know, whine to my mom that I didn't want to do it anymore. You know, she's like 12 or 13 at this point. And she used to cry to her mom. I don't want to do, I don't want to do it. And her mom turned to her and said, all right, you're allowed to quit at any, you're allowed to quit, but you're only allowed to quit on a good day. You can't ever quit when you're failing and when you don't feel good about it. And she, obviously, she's like, well, on good days, you don't freaking want to quit. And (laughs) I loved that so So much that if I can be succinct, that's the advice I would give everyone listening is that if you want to keep going and you're finding it difficult and sometimes you're finding, you know, why am I doing this? Ask yourself that on an amazing day. Ask yourself, why am I doing this? And when you're feeling great about yourself, ask yourself if you still want to do it because those days are the days that you're not going to let the problems and everything get in your way. And I think that that's really what the why does, right? The why allows you to ground yourself in something that you can keep emotionally going back to.
1: Yeah, that's the key through the, through the hard times, right? Correct. That's why it has to be so clear. So look, I have a question in regards to where you're at now emotionally and and with the financial success too. Mm-hmm. Why why keep going? What's going on? How do you how do you find that drive? How do you reinvigorate yourself to get up and say, hey, let's just change the world even more? How do you keep going?
0: Yeah. It kind of keeps going back to what life do I want? I've over the years really learned to ask myself that question with no judgment, like no judgment in the sense of, you know, I thought I was going to have kids because I was told that I was going to, oh, you're a Greek woman. Of course you're going to have kids. And then when I started to ask myself, but do I want kids? Like, do I actually want them? Like, what would a Wednesday look like? And I always use a Wednesday (laughs) because it's kind of like the day that everyone kind of hates. So it's like, Mm -hmm. what would an average Wednesday look like? And then... Do I want them? And once I realize no, I don't, I just like, oh, I'm always listening to the outside world telling me what I should want, who I should be, how I should show up in the world, instead of just asking myself what I want to do, who I want to be, and how I want to show up in the world. And so it's so important that you ask yourself that question. And so, I'm sorry, repeat the question. I kind of lost my train of thought there.
1: No, you're, you're answering it just fine in regards to how you're, you're moving forward. Mm, thank you. With, yeah. You're, yeah, you're so, right on track. You're right on track. <laughs> thank
0: you. <laughs> so I get so excited sometimes I forget my train of thought. Um, <laughs> it's
1: good. Trust me. It's good. <laughs>
0: <laughs> thank you. So yeah, it really is like, who do I want to be and what do I want a good life to look like? And so I ask myself that all the time. And when Quest sold, it was one of the, yeah, my husband and I, we could have bought an island and retired for the rest of our lives and you know paid for our family to be there and that's that but it wouldn't have been satisfying i when we were building quest we sold a very small portion initially when we were like on the up we smelled a very small portion but it changed our lives i mean we went from our normal bank account to you know eight figures in our bank account just like that overnight you just thought you know it, it's life-changing yeah life-changing so my husband and i are sitting there we're selling us you know selling a small piece and it, your life doesn't really change no matter how much your business is worth until you actually, you know, sell it or, you know, your, your life doesn't change. It's the same. So we sold a piece and obviously overnight and we're pressing refresh, refresh, refresh in our bank account, right? And so literally it goes from normal to holy hell. And in that moment of holy hell, we kiss each other, we cuddle and then he goes to walk off. And I'm like, where are you going? He's like, I'm going back to work, of course. And I was like, oh yeah, of course we are. And so we just get changed. We go back to work. <laughs> And at that time in Quest, no one would have guessed, no one would have known ever that our life just changed overnight because of our why. Going back to what is that reason you get up every day? Look, freaking having, you know, the financial freedom is amazing, but it doesn't feel like how many, how many freaking billionaire entrepreneurs have to kill themselves before we realize that money isn't the answer. I mean, freaking Kate Spade. It's like, There's a signal here. Now, look, I get it. I get that it doesn't feel like it's like, come on, if you can really go into a jewelry, like if you're a woman like me and you've dreamt of like the day you could just buy jewelry, like you're like, uh huh, are you telling me that that's not cool? No, no, it's just as freaking cool as you think it is. Absolutely. But it doesn't change your life. It doesn't make you feel better about yourself when you're by yourself at night and the lights are out. The negative voice is still there. That voice is telling you you're not good enough. It really doesn't matter how many, you know, thread counts your bed sheet is. So how do you feel about yourself? Is that like that to me ultimately becomes the most important thing, which is why Tom and I every day wake up and say, how do I want to feel about myself? And where do I get what, what is my why? The thing that drives me every day is the thought that everything I'm doing now can help someone else. And all the unwiring of the, the brain that I've done for the last 10 years by me speaking up. I, I never want to be in the front of the camera. I had stage fright. Like I never want to be in front of the camera until I realized, oh, people are asking me questions and if I can help them, I'm putting my ego, who doesn't want to be in front of the camera, ahead of helping people. Okay, Lisa, do you actually want to help people or are you using that as a BS reason? It's like, no, no, I really want to help people. Then forget your ego and step in front of the camera. So when I go to what do I want to do every day, it's the why. It has to keep connecting to that. It is the, you know, my reason for getting out of bed. So if you want to know why, it is everything that I did when I was 14 years old, I felt terrible about myself. I was picked on because I had a big nose. I had the unibrow. I had um, a mouthful of brace and I had that big head brace that goes all the way around your neck. One of those really ugly (laughs) freaking ones. I had that. And how can I help that 14-year-old Lisa? Mm. The, the girls out there now, the, which is why I love superheroes. Because it's like, I, I think that young girls believing that they're their own superhero is powerful. And I've just spent the last 20 years, 20 years, unwinding the negative voice that made me think that I wasn't good enough. And so now I thought, think if I can live a life where I'm working towards helping young girls not have to unwire it, that's a reason I can get out of bed every day. And so when I'm feeling terrible, when I'm feeling, when I'm feeling tired, when I've got that negative voice, it's getting louder and louder. I go, oh, okay. So you don't want to help that 14 year old girl then? I don't have to, but do I want to? Yes or no? Yes is the answer I have come up with every day since we've started impact theory. And the day that my answer is no, that is the day that I'll pivot.
1: But then you have to ask yourself, you're allowed to quit on the good day, right? <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And that's
0: the thing, right? But that's the thing. I have to wait till the good day to like quit. Yeah. The, everyone's telling me I'm doing a great job. That's the time.
1: <laughs> All right. Last question for you. And you can answer this one however you want, obviously. how How is it that you have... How is it that you maintain good harmony between your marriage, your... What you love to do here and your emotional stability and just your your physical being too how how does that harmony look and how do you do it consistently
0: Mm. it goes back to what i was saying earlier about priorities it's who do you prioritize and how so let's say what did you say myself let's say me as in my emotions and everything my relationship my business
1: and and physical yeah mental emotional physical yeah
0: yeah. So I put that, let's say, under the me bucket. I think we are, we should be our own priorities. So meaning I have to be my own priority because if I don't prioritize myself, I don't prioritize my mental state, I can't show up to be an amazing wife. If I don't prioritize my mental state, I'm going to be very emotional. Well, what happens when we get emotional? Well, forget about running a business. Like you can't, you can't run a business when you're always emotionally heightened. You just won't be able to. So when I go to all these things that I dream about, having a relationship that is going to be till the day I die. And I really mean that. Till the day I die, I want to be married to my husband. And so what does that look like? And so really breaking it down. And I used to think it was putting him first. But now I've realized it's actually putting myself first. And I encourage that in him too. So... For instance, if when he came home and he had the crazy idea, I want to start a protein bar company. Hey, we'd know nothing about protein bars. And oh, well, by the way, I want to put my house on the line. You know, it was like that the female, the woman who had just bought the house was about to nest, you know, could have said, but no, we just bought a house. But the thing is, what do I know about Tom? The person he truly is, is he's ambitious. So now imagine I ask him to not be ambitious anymore. I'm literally asking him to not be the man he fundamentally is. Now can you imagine what kind of husband would he be if I'm ask if he if I'm not allowing him let's say to be his true self? Yeah. And it goes true. vice versa. And so the thing is is that I have to make sure that I prioritize myself, that when I went from being a housewife about, you know, ready to have four kids to, oh, hey, babe, I'm no longer want to be a housewife. You're on your own with the cooking and the cleaning stuff. And by the way, I don't want children either. Like, how did we have that conversation and how did we have such a beautiful outcome was because he said to me, babe, what kind of husband would I be to... Tell my wife who is so happy of what, you know, seeing how happy and excited you are and growing into this space of entrepreneurship. It's like, what kind of husband would I be to ask you to not do that? And so making sure that you're, so A, me speaking up saying, this is what I, this is what I want to do. And this is how, who I selfishly want to be not being ashamed of it, bringing your partner in so they can be a part of that um, becomes secondary. And then the third part is then the business, because honestly, the truth really is without my husband, I don't get like in the sense of, all right, my husband on with the business, screw the business. I like, give me, give me a match right now. Give me the, the lighter fluid, (laughs) like, Oh, happily pour fluid all over my business compared to my husband. That's not even a hard decision. So, me and him just have this talk and we sit down and go, cool, pro- what are our priorities? Taking, self- taking care of ourselves is priority number one so we can show up in our relationship. That means we have to have selfish time and we call it selfish time. People hate the word. I'm not even sure why. We call it selfish time. So every weekend I say to him, all right, babe, what's your selfish time? And I say okay. my selfish time. And what we do is I'm, I'm a scheduler. I'm the logistics person. So I make sure that we just have our selfish time at the same time. So I'm like, cool, you go do your thing. I'm going to go do mine. And at 12 p- p.m., then we're going to come back together. Yep, great. Let's pinky swear. Amazing. All right, have fun, babe. <laughs> he goes and he does his thing. I go do my thing. At 12 o'clock, we come back together. And now we've, we're going to eat lunch together. And we're going to watch a movie together or do whatever we want. But we've started our weekends. Every freaking Saturday, <clears throat> we start our weekends for at least five hours doing our own thing. And so knowing when it comes down to it, no BS, what is that order of priority? Because what will happen is at some point you'll get, I hate the word, but you'll get tested. And in those moments of being tested, will you have a cheat sheet in essence to go back to and does your partner, because that's another thing. Just in a relationship, you want to be aligned, right? If I'm yep. putting, you know, myself and then my husband before my business, but then he's putting his business first, that becomes a very, you know, dangerous relationship. So making sure that both of your priorities are aligned so that when one of you is acting in accordance, the other person doesn't look at you like you're crazy.
1: That's true. I like that. All right. So I heard you're writing a book or I am. am. I off? No, right, I so- am. <laughs> All right. So tell me about that, even though it's probably a little ways out. I want to know. What's what's it about?
0: <laughs> it's coming out in May. Thank you. And this is one of those things, even now, um, someone reached out and they knew my husband. And so they're like, hey, would Lisa consider writing a book? So my husband comes into my office and he's like, babe, can you believe they just reached out and they asked? And I was like, oh, that's sweet. And I went back to like working. And he's just standing. And he's, like, <laughs> he's like, babe, what the... Like that's sweet. That's it. That's all you're going to give it, and I was just like, "Oh yeah, that's, a, that's very nice. That's kind." And he's like, "But you should seriously consider it." And of course, what did I say to uh, out loud? I was like, "Who would buy a book from me?" Where the negative voice—it's always freaking there. <laughs> and this, just so people know, this was like eight months ago. So it's you know, it's after Quest is sold. It's after you know, Impact Theory has over you know seven million people in our ecosystem. So it's just it, I just go, you know what? It's part of me. It's like just embrace it but don't allow it to keep you there. So he was like, "No, no, 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 what do you mean?" And he was like, "Why did you dismiss it so quickly?" And I just paused and I was like, "Oh yeah, because the negative the negative me wanted to speak." So it's like I just let her and now I'm going to, sh- you know, shut this bitch down and I'm sorry I don't know if I can swear but I'm like I'm just gonna shut her off and now I'll go into cool what is it like is this something I really want to do what's the effort how much will it take what's my mission and I the first thing was does it align with my goal because while it was beautiful I'd never want a shiny object to distract me from my ultimate goal and you know you get a lot of people you know oh my god like opportunities may come your way and it seems like that shiny object and you're like oh my god that's amazing But then you blink and two years down the line, you're like, oh, well, hang on a minute. I had a dream and goal, you know, to help 14-year-old girls. And here I am over here selling this that has nothing to do with the 14-year-old girls, right? So making sure that you're always aligning your goal with your actions so that when opportunities arise and, you know, you're able to either say yes or no with um, emotional sobriety.
1: (laughs) Ooh, I like that. Mm -mm. Uh, So... Any indication of to what the book is about? Yes. And the
0: book, yeah. So the funny thing is this was then with the book, I was like, okay, look, what would, what would the book need to be in order for it to align with my mission and with my goal and what I want to do every day. And so I'm like, okay, well, what are the things I used to, you know, struggle? I talk about a lot of different things. I can talk about business. I can talk about my health issues. I can talk about relationships, you know, things that I've just encountered in my life. And I was like, well, what was that, that thing that would help the 14 year old girl? It's not how to have a, you know, 19 year marriage, you know? So if they were like, Hey, write a relationship book. Cause like, I'd love to write a relationship book, but that doesn't actually directly serve the goal that I have. And so I'm writing it on confidence. So, um, yeah, because here's the thing. A lot of time I still don't feel confident and I get all the time people like, Oh my God, how are you so confident? And I'm like, If I could only tell the world, the truth is it's not that you need confidence. It's that you you don't have to have the confidence, but you have to do it anyway. That's the truth. And so what does that look like? Um, And so I'm now currently writing the book. It's not written for 14-year-olds, though. So I've really thought this out. And this book becomes the giftable book that maybe, you know, the parents give um, their teenage daughters, that's very possibility, or aunts give their, you know, nieces, friends give to each other. Um, But also, it really is a twofold of, you know, affecting the ladies who are my age or the, you know, young women who are trying to get a grips on it. And then simultaneously, you know, as you mentioned about superheroes, I'm currently in a project developing a um, story called The Wish Academy, which is a superhero school for girls. So I've actually got that in tandem that I'll just kind of throw in there as a little side note. That's but.
1: awesome, though. That's <laughs> Thank so, to, you. I want
0: to know about that. Tell me about that. Well, that just then becomes, right, where I put my time, where I put my energy and making sure that it's always serving that bigger goal. And so I'm... Um, I'm producing that so it was created by myself and a female friend of mine that used to um be an incredible creator at disney and so we've just got this super you know superhero school for girls and it was like what would it feel like if i was in school and it happened to be in a superhero world like all the real stuff that we really deal with how do we teach girls so the thing the thing with quest bars And I don't know if I'm like derailing us now. But the thing with Quest bars was up to that point, all protein bars were either cardboard and, you know, tasted terrible, but was good for you or tasted amazing, but was full of sugar. So it actually wasn't good for you at all. So where we took Quest was instead of telling people to go to the gym and work out seven days a week and eat chicken and broccoli, that is going against (laughs) someone's behavior, right? No one naturally eats chicken and broccoli and goes to the gym seven days a week. <clears throat> Excuse me. So, how do you leverage someone's behavior instead of changing it? Well, you have what do we know about people? We freaking love sweet food. So, give them sweet food that happened to be good for them, and now you're using their behavior to their own advantage because they're eating, but they're actually eating something healthy. So, the, the we ask the question of what's the equivalent of the mind? Instead of trying to. So, Interviews like this, right? Even the interviews that I do, they're so amazing. I love podcasts. Like I'm a podcast, avid podcast listener. But the truth is not everybody gravitates toward podcasts. But most people do music, television, movies, video games. You don't have to persuade anyone. You don't have to, right? It's just, it's entertaining first. So me, we, our hypothesis is just like the quest bar, which is using someone's behavior to to their advantage. Our thesis is the same with content. It is, okay, if I want to empower a 14-year-old girl, how am I going to do that? Leverage her behavior. What's her behavior? She's going to watch TV shows. She's going to be talking to her friends. They're going to be reading comic books. They're going to be listening to music and they're going to be playing video games. So now I have to meet them where I'm they're at, which is comic books, storytelling for young girls where there's an underlying um, you know, theme of confidence emotional sobriety um be the hero of your own life and all of that good stuff that's so
1: cool i love that and then obviously we'll see when your book is i have a 14 year (laughs) old girl by the way so when you're saying 14 years old i'm like okay it's like my 14 year old girl so
0: i love that so yeah so really the idea was the book is more for like the the adults and the the comic book is more for the younger and kind of doing them in tandem and then i have a feeling that over time they start to kind of you know come together between Mm -hmm. like i said you've got older women really wanting to empower the younger women and so this becomes you know hopefully the the trickling effect
1: i love it it will it definitely will thank
0: you
1: great job this was i mean i took copious notes here (laughs) and i'm i'm very impressed so first Thank you for doing this, and Ooh. thank you for empowering so many people. And I'm getting I'm getting texts from Ah She's saying I'm going to buy a hundred books, and she, she loves you like like nothing else. So um, thanks for being on. her
0: as my uh, my spokesperson? <laughs>
1: <laughs> thanks for doing this.
0: Those are all the brilliant thoughts that we have for you today. If
1: you like what you're hearing, drop us a review or just tell your friends. This has been a success podcast. Head to success.com slash podcast to hear more just like it.